0: when we attach so strongly to anyone identity, we're literally setting ourselves up for disappointment. If that thing goes away, whether it's Mm -hmm. being like a mom, a dog, mom, a wife, a coach, whatever it is, like, if those things go away, you're crushed. Now you'll be crushed Mm -hmm. no matter what, of course, but like when your whole identity is that, and that was like, I didn't realize how much of my identity was wrapped up in being that specific business owner who made that amount of money. That was like my Mm -hmm. stance. That's what I was known for. And so
1: when that's gone, you're just like, who am I? Welcome back to Make Bank. This week's episode, we are diving into what to do instead of burning down your business. And if you've been in entrepreneurship long enough, I'm willing to bet that you've at least somewhat seriously considered burning down your business at one point or another. Or if you haven't, You will if you just stay here long enough because let's be real, this shit is hard and there are some very real challenges that will test you and will have you asking, do I really want this? But this week's guest took her season of burnout and wanting to burn down her business and turned it into her superpower. I'm so excited to have my friend Megan Yelaney on the show. More about her in a second, but her and I have seen each other through some serious highs and lows in business. And out of everyone I know, she is truly gifted at turning her story and unique experiences and hard lessons into gold. So in this episode, we cover so much and of course, we don't shy away from the sticky Parts of CEOing. Meg opens up about how separating from her husband led to a major business remodel, her advice for showing up on social media when life is happening, what she learned from getting scammed, and how she's come out of some of the hardest seasons of her life with a more profitable and aligned business. And if you haven't met Meg Yelaney yet, she is a business mentor, podcaster, and speaker whose passion truly lies in helping women build businesses that allow them to thrive in their marriages just as much as their bank accounts she's an expert of unique framework development something that makes her clients stand out to their niche by being 100 percent their authentic self meg is also a wife fur mom to her mini golden doodle luna actress and singer and diehard harry potter fan she truly hopes to help as many women as possible build wealth for themselves and their families in a way that lights them up every single day she's pretty awesome if i do say so myself so let's get into the episode Hello Meg, I'm so happy to have you here and so happy to be catching up with you. I know, me too. I feel like it's been forever, so I'm just glad I got to do this just so I can see your face. So I know we were we were like <laughs> recounting when is the last time we like truly properly caught up and I think it's been a couple years. Which yeah. is wild because when we last were like going on trips together, we were in a mastermind together and like seeing each other a lot. We were mm-hmm. both in very different places than we are now, like so, so different. So I'm really excited for this conversation, really excited to just hear all the updates. And I know that your story and the things that you've been working on the last two years are super, super valuable and people are going to love them. So, Yay. Yay. Oh Well, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. So, mm-hmm. you've really niched into like business remodeling, building businesses that reflect priorities. And that's something that we're going to jump into. But just to give people like a lay of the land of how mm-hmm. you got here and how that became your niche, can you just kind of give everyone your origin story or how Meg, the entrepreneur, came mm-hmm. to be? Yeah, of course. So, I got started in business in 2012 in
0: network marketing, and I actually had gone to school for business, which a lot of people don't know. They just know like my theater background, but I went to school for marketing, graduated, and then moved to LA to pursue theater, theater, film, and TV, and then moved to New York, started booking gigs, and it is not an amazing lifestyle (laughs) because even (laughs) if you're booking regularly, it is really starving artists, and I just was like, Mm -hmm. I love this as a passion, and I'm great at it, but I don't need to do it for an income. Like Mm -hmm. it didn't, it wasn't a must for me. So I decided, let me dive into these other things that these other opportunities that were presenting themselves and network marketing was one. And when I went to like my first big event, that's kind of when everything clicked. And I was like, I'm not treating this like a business. I'm treating it like a hobby. So it just shows the power of events. Cause right after Mm -hmm. that, everything changed in my business. And pretty quickly after about like a year, year and a half, I went full time. I was able to quit all of my side jobs. I ended up booking way more acting gigs because I wasn't like going after them with this stress mm-hmm. that I needed it to pay my mm-hmm. bills and just could take things that I loved. And then after about two years, I started to hit six figures a year in that company, which was amazing. And at the time, felt like this is it. I've made it. I'm going to be a millionaire beach body coach. That's my mm-hmm. that's my life. You know, mm-hmm. that's my. Mission. You're on the path. On the path. And I remember my husband being like, at the time, fiance. Trying to say it nicely, but bluntly too, like, I don't think so, but not because you can't do it because I just think you're meant to do more. I just Mm -hmm. really don't think this is it for you. And I was like, no, 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 you're wrong. And he was right. And a few (laughs) years later, I just was like, there's so much more out there. There's this whole online coaching space. Mm -hmm. And I was following you at the time. I know I've told you that, which is so funny. I followed a lot of fitness people and I just saw like the potential of having your own separate personal brand, which I had built. I just Mm -hmm. couldn't work with people unless they were in the company. So pretty quickly dove into that world and within about six months at six figures in that separate business, which was health and wellness, because I had a lot of experience. I was like, I already have an established audience. I know what to do. And then started basically coaching people in that pro a program that I had joined to help me because I had so much experience in it. i kind of just started naturally coaching them got asked to be a coach in that program. And about six months later, I realized I'm not meant to do health coaching. I was really mm-hmm. never meant to do that. That was just something yeah. that's part of, who, which I know is a huge part of your story too. Mm-hmm. It's part of who I am and will always be a huge priority for me, but it wasn't something I was like passionate about, like helping people yeah. with necessarily anymore. And business was always a huge focus. That's why my network marketing company did well. So I dove into business coaching and the rest is history. It, I, I kind of had... It seems like overnight, but it was many years in the making, all of those years Mm -hmm. leading up. But I had like a real big growth year where things just started to really click. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. I like five times my income. We were able to do so many things and start investments and all of this great stuff. And at the time, which I know we'll dive into, you and I started to become friends, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And you know, the very nitty gritty details that Mm -hmm. people will never know. Although we have shared a lot. And my marriage was like really suffering at this point. And something I always like to make clear is that the the stuff that we were struggling with existed before my business. It's not like my business caused that, but entrepreneurship brings your shit to life. Like it's mm-hmm. like you are going to deal with this whether you want to or not now. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's what happened. And so to fast forward, we ended up separating, we got back together and now we're stronger than ever, but I had to really rebuild a lot. Mm. I had to break apart my business basically to rebuild back up. And that's why I'm so passionate about this Remodel because it saved my marriage. It helped me have such a strong relationship, not only in my marriage, but with like other people in my life that mm-hmm. I felt like I was neglecting and didn't want to. And it just really let me build a business that let me have a life. I started to have a nine to five with my entrepreneur job, but it was like nine to nine. And I mm-hmm. didn't want to do that anymore. So so that's mm-hmm. where we are today. And it's we're still like adding new things and figuring things out and and all of that, but it just feels way more aligned now and yeah.
1: Yeah. I love what you said about like my business became a nine to five, more like nine to nine. And I think that's such a common experience for people once they get like a few years into business or even Mm -hmm. two years into business where it's like you're starting to scale, you're growing and your business just kind of starts like chipping away at your boundaries and like. The freedom that you wanted so badly, and the the time and the laptop lifestyle, like you started a business for all of these perks, and then slowly mm-hmm. you just like kind of lose sight of your boundaries, your energy, your time for the sake of growth, because just like more yeah. growth equals more better is like mm-hmm. the the default way of thinking, totally. and I think that's happened to so many people. Like I know not the same exact outcome, but like I ended up. Completely burning myself out several Mm -hmm. years ago. And like, I had to take a massive step back from how I was doing business and my fitness journey and stuff. Like, I had to really take a hard look at what my values were, what my identity was. And like, now I run my business knowing I could grow faster. Like, I could be making more money, more revenue than I am now. I could be growing faster. I could be signing more clients but i'm actively choosing not to because other things are more important like my mm-hmm. sanity and my health and my relationships mm-hmm. and being a horse girl and lots of mm-hmm. other things so yeah. i think we have like similar not not parallel but you know similar They're like similar, both of yeah. us kind of had to hit that i don't i don't even want to say rock bottom for me yeah. but like no, we, i had to bottom. hit I had to learn the hard way first, basically, yeah. that there's more to life than just growing my business. Kind of and like, now it's a huge part of both of our kind of ethos.
0: Yeah. Kind of like a breaking point, maybe. I don't know. That mm-hmm. like phrase came to mind. And what you just described is what so many people experience. And it's been pretty wild because I've worked with some entrepreneurs in the last few months, specifically, ever since I really dove into this business model that have had a very similar trajectory as us. Mm-hmm. They're like, I can't... Do this i can't keep this up anymore i want to mm-hmm. scale but not at the mercy of all this other stuff you know and mm-hmm. and there's a difference between like working hard and hustling in the beginning i think you just have to honestly yeah but sometimes it gets to like you said that point where you're like my health is impacted my mental health my emotional mm-hmm. health my physical health it is wild how many people experience that when they i don't want to say grow too fast but they just are like laser focused and I wonder, I was talking to a friend about this. I'm like, can we avoid that? Because I know someone told me that during that period, I was blinders on ignoring them. I was not going to listen. Like Mm -hmm. I had to learn that lesson myself Mm -hmm. and I wish we could avoid it, but I feel like it's almost one of those things that we kind of have to go through ourselves to be like, okay, no, there's other ways to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think there is some, some truth to that. And it seems like maybe people learn that lesson elsewhere first and then they can apply Mm -hmm. it to their business and kind of skip that season in business. But like somewhere that lesson needs to be learned of like priorities and balance and kind of integrating all of it into how you're building your business. Cause I totally agree. And like, for me, I've learned it twice. Like, because I, when Mm -hmm. I was doing bikini competitions, like I would have done anything and it was like I damaged my hormones and my health and my relationship with food and my body image so deeply by the end of my like bikini competition era. But I don't think if you'd have told me that was going to happen, like with 100% certainty, this is the path you're on. This is what's going to happen unless you stop. Mm-hmm. I still don't think I would have stopped, just like you said. Like I yeah. had my blinders on. I was head down making shit happen, come hell or high water, I was prepping and competing and winning and blah, blah, blah. And I would deal with the per- repercussions later. You know, like yeah. that was, that was my mindset. So I do think that mm-hmm. unfortunately people do have to learn the hard way, or at least I did, you did, a yeah. lot of people do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And I think something too, just to come you, cause it's hard to do. You just said like you had, you could be making more, you could have yeah. done this, you could have done that. That was, I think, one of the hardest things for me to let go of. Like mm-hmm. my ego death was bad. Oh, I was like yeah. who am I if I can't say I've made blah, blah, blah money? And I I really I actually have a reel coming out that's literally about that. It's it starts with, I could have made a lot more money the last two years. And mm-hmm. here's why. And here's why I didn't, you know? And I just had to start like disassociating my worst and my skills from how much Uh, money I'm bringing in the the amount
1: of reflection and like self-worth work and like like you said ego death that's associated with this whole conversation is like so hard and like such a you have to surrender to that process in order to actually have everything that you want
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I'm I making real later that it's, you know, the audio from the Devil Wears Prada where she's like, what if I don't want this? And she's like, yeah, everyone wants this. Right. And it's like hustle entrepreneurs versus like lifestyle entrepreneurs. Like we're like, what if I don't want to hustle and like be a slave to my business for the sake Mm -hmm. of just stacking more money in my bank account? Like, what if I don't? And I also don't want people to get this twisted of like, oh, Megan Marie don't make good money. Cause we do don't get yes. it twisted. <laughs> we absolutely still hit like amazing financial goals. And both of us have like built seven figure businesses, but it's just not at the cost of other yeah. things that are also so important to us. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes you do like, and I know we'll dive deeper into it, but you have to choose for a little bit, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Like I was, I made a conscious decision to cut a few things and I didn't have a plan to replace it. I was like, We are just going into this year. This is in 2021, going into 2021, making less recurring revenue. And that's okay. Like, we'll figure Mm -hmm. it out. I like, it was Mm -hmm. worth it. I was like, I can't create a separate like plan to make that back while simultaneously having all these clients and repair my marriage. Like I was like, something's Mm got
1: to give. So there needs to be space for the work that needs to be done. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny. I recorded the same reel. The other day oh no way
0: i'll, I'll send it to you because it's it's very similar like a similar kind of style yeah i love yeah. it i bet audio I've been wanting to use I'm like that's hysterical
1: I've yeah it, like yesterday it's so funny of course we it. had the same idea that yeah, makes so much it's, sense
0: it's smart i mean it's it's just like what so many people experience so yeah very relatable yeah
1: was there a moment or was this like a slow unraveling where you realize like okay the environment where i've created these problems cannot be the same environment i fix them in and like Mm -hmm. I think personally if that would have been me it would have taken me a hot minute to actually accept (laughs) that I need to like slow down take a step back because that would be so against my MO previously so how Mm -hmm. did you unravel that or how did you like come to accept okay I'm gonna need to like slow down to speed up.
0: Oh gosh. It was so,
1: I feel like I just came to terms with it like a year mm-hmm. and a half after doing it to be quite mm-hmm. honest. It
0: took so long.
1: Yeah. Cause but, you just recently kind of started talking about like, I've decreased revenue and like, you've kind of mm-hmm. peeled back the curtain of like what that actually has yeah. meant for you. Exactly. And, and we can talk about this here too, is like
0: just what I prioritized, what I learned, especially with expenses and team and all of that. Mm -hmm. But I would say when my husband and I got back together in June, 2020, it was like still operating as is. I invested in someone that really disappointed and didn't deliver. It was a done for you service. And I literally didn't get anything. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. a coach, you know, where there's a little bit more subjectivity.
1: It was like, no, no, I didn't get what I paid for at all. And
0: And I know that. that you
1: really like put a lot of weight into that yeah. move in your business. Like you had really high expectations for like how that was going to change things for you. Oh yeah, I was like, yeah.
0: this is it. This is the key mm-hmm. to all the passive income and funnels, and everything's going to be amazing. Yeah. And and it, you know, I, I actually recorded a podcast the other day, like talking about this. So it's t- very timely. Like I took like eventually <laughs> took radical responsibility because yes, they messed up and they were supposed to give me this thing, but I also let it really affect me for so long, Mm. for too long. And -hmm. looking back, I'm like, yeah, he screwed up, but like, I can't like, I can't base my success on what other people do. Even Mm. people I rely on, like I'm in charge here. And so I let that really get at me for like six months. And I also had in my gut that it was wrong. And my husband said the same thing, but we were recently Mm -hmm. back together. So he was like, treading lightly. (laughs) You don't want to be like, Mm -hmm. you need to get out of this. This guy's a scammer. And so all of that, I was like, I didn't listen to my intuition. I didn't listen to that gut feeling. And so I think that really started the like, I don't want to say downfall, but kind of that started the unraveling process of me going, shit, this is not what I thought. And so by the end of 2020, after being back with my husband for six months, that occurring, we just got to this point where like, once you're back once we were back together yes things are massively different and much better but we still have a lot to work on Mm -hmm. and i just again needed like you were saying the space to process and do that and that's when i was like that's it we're gonna make these changes and i was really confident with it because i had his support because i had you know other people supporting me and stuff like that and we had relationship coaches all of that but i would say it wasn't until honestly beginning of maybe 2022 maybe March ish of 2022 that like the ego death really happened that I was like, yeah. I don't give a fuck how much money I tell people I make.
1: I don't care. Mm-hmm. And
0: it took like a year and a half to get to that point though. It was like, Yeah. A- low burn so
1: yeah because when you're growing so fast previous to that and you're you have so many wins to share and so much momentum and that becomes part of your messaging and your brand and people know you for that success like not having that forces you to really like look at yourself a different way and then also Mm -hmm. communicate the value of what you do in such a different way. Yeah. And that is a whole thing. Plus, I know you also really changed like your offers that were available, like things Mm -hmm. that people knew you for were no longer an option. And like that's so much had to shift to make that space. Yeah, it was a huge. I actually
0: was listening. I think it was Untethered Soul or reading, I should say. And I think it was. Oh,
1: no, no, no. It was Atomic Habits by James Clear, mm-hmm. which is such a good book. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. I, I want to read it again. Like I only read it like six months ago. I already want to read it again. It's so good. Like it's stuff that, you know, conceptually, but for some reason reading it, I'm like, wow, this is like
0: really amazing. Mm-hmm. And one thing that they talked a lot about was identity. And Mm -hmm. how when we attach so strongly to anyone identity, we're literally setting ourselves up for disappointment. If that thing goes away, whether it's Mm
1: -hmm.
0: being like a mom, a dog, mom, a wife, a coach, whatever it is, like, if those things go away, you're crushed. Now you'll be crushed Mm -hmm. no matter what, of course. But like when your whole identity is that, and that was like, I didn't realize how much of my identity was wrapped up in being that specific business owner who made that amount of money that was like my Mm -hmm. stance that's what I was known for and so when that's gone you're just like who am I you're like floating around and you feel very lost and that's kind of what I felt like for honestly a year and a half I was just like flailing around throwing shit out there trying to see what stuck yeah I was lucky because I had built such a presence and built such Mm -hmm. a community that I could afford to do that and so anyone Mm -hmm. listening like I don't recommend doing it that way. I was able to. I was able to still yeah. bring in a good income, still support my family because people trusted me and I still was gonna deliver. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you but had built
1: that reputation and that momentum to kind of exactly. carry you through. Yeah.
0: Otherwise it I wouldn't have sold. Otherwise things would have totally I mean, some things didn't go as planned, but they still did well from the outside looking in. They're like, Wow, you yeah. still find a ton of people but on my end, it wasn't, we didn't hit the profit goals, all these kinds of things. So Mm yeah, 2021 was like an experimentation, throw shit at the wall and spend way too much money here to try Mm -hmm. to make the money back. And then last year Mm -hmm. was a big, like, okay, why are we doing this? We don't need to be spending this much money. And we ended up increasing our profits so much. And I had a lower sales year and I worked like half the amount of time. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, things are starting to move in the direction I want them to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You recently posted that you increased your profit by six figures, Mm -hmm. which is like not a small amount. Like it would already be impressive to increase it at all, much less by six figures. Yeah. I was like, we got our numbers back as everyone does at the end of the year. Biggest Mm -hmm. thing, get a
0: CFO or get a bookkeeper. Mm -hmm. Like having that in front of you. It's yeah. so important. It's just, I wish I did that even earlier. I mean, I've had one for many years. So I was like, that was the first hire I should have had. And when I looked at that and I kind of knew, cause I, every month I was looking at my reports and I was like, Oh wow. We're like way beating last year profit. Cause that's
1: mm-hmm. the other thing
0: in this industry. It's like sales, sales, sales. That's all people talk mm-hmm. about. I feel like. Yeah. And you could spend 80% of your sales to get there. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden, what are you actually bringing home? And like, Reevaluating my goals. And now my husband and I like are really looking towards the future and what we want to build together. Like we're looking at the profit. I don't care what the sales are at all. Yeah. I, what am I bringing home into my bank account? And yeah. so that was like just a whole different reframe too. And going like, what's essential here? What is actually benefiting my bottom line and what is really nice to have, but not necessary. You know, mm-hmm. those were two big things I did. And then we also just looked at our team and we went, where can we leverage people more? Like we have incredible people. They can be doing more. They want to be doing more. My husband came and took some things on that like he actually really is enjoying doing. And so Mm -hmm. it was just like, I had gotten into this, like when you make more money, you have to outsource, you have to invest to a point where it was like working to pay your team and Mm -hmm. paying unnecessarily for things. I did that with a few launches and they were fine, but I look back, I'm like, I could have done that all organically. And I think it would have resulted in the same results. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, you live and you learn, but it was really great to look at those numbers at the end of the year and go, whoa, we did it. Like that was incredible. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: yeah, that's so, so valid and just such a good like thing to bring to people's awareness because you're so right in our space. It, there's such a focus on sales or how big your total launch was, which is just like total what your contracted sales are, but yeah. no like, People aren't reporting what their ad spend was, or how mm-hmm. much they had to pay to build that launch, or what their team expenses are, and I think a lot of people would be shocked to hear what it takes to operate programs at scale and have six-figure launches at, like on repeat. And like, it takes a lot to to keep a business like that running. When we like, I think we have over 100 clients at like any given time and we have Mm -hmm. six figure launches and we have a podcast we have all these different things happening and like but i also have like large credit card bills every month and Mm -hmm. a lot of team expenses and ads and it like it's a beast to Mm have to have all of that and the there is not enough a transparency on like what that takes in terms of cash flow and expenses and be not enough priority put on profit, right? Yeah. Because when people see, oh, Marie has like she makes seven figures a year, like I don't make seven figures a year. Girl. Yeah. Maybe someday that would be amazing. But I don't I don't take home seven figures a year. Like yeah. that that's just not that's not how it works. And I think there just needs to be more transparency around mm-hmm. that. I love the idea of more priority being put on how do we optimize profits, how do we grow profits mm-hmm. while also hitting the other business goals. Cause it's yeah. so easy to sight of profit margins when you're just chasing the next revenue level or the next yeah. lot or the next whatever. Exactly. And I think like two big things that we did last year is
0: we focused a lot on client retention and create Mm -hmm. like I created two offers in particular one with a friend of mine that basically our audience and past clients were asking for and it's Mm -hmm. so much cheaper to keep a client than get a new one especially when you do start paying for ads and stuff like that and just even time and energy even if you're not investing money into it and so that was really huge that was a huge Mm -hmm. reason that we increased and then also honestly just simplifying my mm-hmm. the year before I tried new things I went all mm-hmm. in on this launch I spent $30,000 on ads to cold leads which I had never done before for one launch
1: mm,
0: yeah and I don't want to say I regret it but I do not think we
1: needed to I don't think we needed to it, spend it it was a pricey it. experiment yeah I, sure. I was like
0: yeah and we had so many people join it it looked like incredible <clears throat> and it was but our profit was real freaking small because of that you know yeah and the sales page and we just went I went above and beyond. I was like, this is going to be the best freaking program. And it was, but there were also some mistakes in the level of people that at this point in their journey, I like kind of missed the mark on that. It's really for a, someone at a further level in their journey. And there's just so much I learned. And it was a very, like you said, expensive lesson. Mm-hmm. And a huge thing I learned that I applied to last year is I think ads are great. And we still do them in, in certain capacities. But I was leaning too heavily on like things outside of myself. And so I kind of like, as corny Mm -hmm. as this sounds, I came back to myself last year and Mm -hmm. I was like, what are you really great at? What can you leverage? How can you start sharing your story in a, not going back to like 2019 or 2020 way, like use the trends that are are going now, but stories will never die. They they will Mm -hmm. always be in style. They'll always be on trends. So how can you lean back into that? And things started just picking up again with that. And so Mm -hmm. that was something I was like, let's simplify. I don't think I have to rely on all these outside sources as much. I think I actually can rely on myself a little bit more.
1: Mm, Yeah. And coaching will always be so based on connection and you can't outsource and automate connection. Like there are so Mm -hmm. many parts of business that you can and you can scale. And, you know, we have evergreen funnels and like, blah 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 but like at the end of the day people hire a coach because they trust them and feel connected yeah. to them and want to be in their world and have access to them and like that you you just you can't no amount of money can be thrown at that to to replicate yeah. connection and so I yeah. love that you simplified it and just brought it back to like the essence of what mm-hmm. makes coaching happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. so you've said a few times, like you've recently brought Mike into your business, your husband, which I know is a really big decision. And I, I know you've also seen pe- people do that and it goes well or it goes poorly often. Well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> what was your thought process like for bringing Mike in, especially knowing you guys have done so much work to repair mm-hmm. your marriage and come to a really good place? Like, What was that thought process and what ultimately made you decide to go for it? Yeah. Oh, I love this question. I think, yeah, you have the nail on the head, it either crashes and burns or it flourishes.
0: Yeah. And you know, we might crash and burn. We've talked about this, but I think that's why we're so ready is like, we're at that place where we're so solid and we've discussed mm-hmm. this. If it's not working, then we end it because our marriage yeah. is number one, like mm-hmm. hands down. So that's kind of why I feel like we're ready. And we're like, let's just try it. Let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. And like, we started small, we were like, okay, let's just have you do one project that I think you'll like. So we looked at his strengths and what he's just naturally good at. He's very analytical. He's very data driven, like a lot of men are, and he's really good at like details in that sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, all right, well, it's not that the podcast follows this, but I was looking at the expenses I had and I'm like, podcast editing is a skill that pretty much anyone can learn I think Mm -hmm. Uh, and the other things I was outsourcing for the podcast was a lot of content and I love doing my own content like I still do Mm -hmm. all my own content like that is definitely a hire we're looking at this year is like a social media manager just to help with the repurposing aspect we have a Mm -hmm. little bit going now but just to up the ante and just be more omnipresent but I was like you can easily take that over and he's really loving it he's like I actually Mm -hmm. really like editing the podcast and He's looking at analytics and he's looking at the stats and he's tracking things. And and not since he necessarily started editing, but overall last year, our, our listenership has doubled and Mm. I can tell how much more engaged it's been over the past few months. And one reason is we brought him in, but also I've taken on some more stuff. So I felt like I got my hands back in it in a way I needed to, Mm. Mm because, you know, sometimes when you're so far removed, It loses, like you said, it loses that connection. That's what I felt like. And I was like, this is the thing I want to grow the most. I need to be in it and hands on. And so we started with that with him. And now we're starting these weekly meetings we do. And he's kind of stepping into more of a CEO role so that I can be the creator and the coach Mm -hmm. and just like the visionary in that sense. Mm -hmm. And he can help with like research and where he thinks things should go and and stuff like that. So more of those CEO decisions. More of like of the, the integrator role. Exactly. At the end of the day, I will decide if I want to do something or not. And he yeah. knows that. Like I do get the last say. But between him and our OBM Claire, who's amazing, it's really just like we're starting to get like a, a nice flow together. So I, we'll see. I mean, I'm excited for a year from now to be like, did we crash and burn or did we make it? <laughs> I'm hoping we make Only it. Only time will tell.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. but I, it's you guys have such a strong foundation in, like, your communication and your trust and yeah. your dynamic from a marriage standpoint. And I think you're so right that it's the point where you're open to, like, this could fail and yeah. we'll be totally okay. Mm-hmm. That's, like, where it's healthy to to try this versus, like, oh, if this doesn't work, we're screwed. Exactly. And it will, yeah. like, negatively impact our relationship. Like, that. that's probably not, not the time to, no. to give it a try. You need yeah. to be like rock solid, have good boundaries around it. Like I even started
0: to talk about business. We were in Chick-fil-A line the last two weeks ago, last week. And he's like, no, 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 we're getting dinner now. We're not, write it down. We'll talk about it yeah. at our business meeting. And I was like, look at you,
1: like being the CEO, a yeah. <laughs> really boundary. Yeah. Honestly, was I think that would be helpful. It's just having Andrew, having any level of power just to be like, this is not the time. Now is not the time. Save it for later. But yeah, I don't, I don't know that it would make sense to bring him into my business, but I'm really curious to see how it goes for you guys. And I think Mm -hmm. as we're getting close to our wedding, I'm just noticing this natural progression of feeling more and more as, as partners Mm -hmm. where it does make more sense for him to have a stake in the game of yeah. my business. You know what I mean? Like I even noticed exactly. that when we got engaged, like I was under the impression, Oh, we've lived together for so long. We've been together for like an eternity. It's not going to mm-hmm. change anything. But like, as soon as we were engaged, there's just a vibe shift. And mm-hmm. again, like the closer we get to our wedding, the more I can just tell that we feel truly like, a unified team versus like two individuals in a relationship. And so I can totally see how that would transfer really well to business and like him feeling like he is a stake in my business and vice versa Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense.
0: That honestly, we do these couples conversation segments that we have to have you guys on for actually. We love interviewing couples who are either both entrepreneurs or one is and the other isn't and like how they support each other and all that and the the unifying theme through all the interviews we've done so far is is team like you just said is Mm -hmm. like operating as partners and that's something that even if we do crash and burn with this like he now knows so much more about the business and we're trying Mm -hmm. to refer to it as the business or Mm -hmm. our business versus my business. It's really hard. I'm still working on that terminology. But the reason being is like one thing that really drove us apart was he He's an entrepreneur. So he's Mm -hmm. already like in that world. And he had his own business. And we were so separate with everything, our finances Mm -hmm. were separate, everything was separate. And everyone has their own opinions on if couples should, you know, combine full finances, all that once we did, everything got better, actually, obviously, the business has to be separate, because it's separate. But it yeah. made such a difference because then we really started operating it as a team and we weren't competing and we felt like we yeah. were competing and it was this like toxic competition it wasn't healthy and mm-hmm. now it's like even if he doesn't end up staying in long term or just stays with the podcast editing or whatever he feels like he's like you said has a stake in it it's part of it it's contributing in that way especially during mm-hmm. a season where I am the only one bringing in income right now for many many reasons but it's we chose that for a bit and it was like, all right, you can help out here. Like let's, let's mm-hmm. leverage your amazing skills. So yeah, it's all about being a team and being like, how is this helping us as a couple, as
1: a family? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's super applicable, especially as we're again nearing our wedding. We're like, okay, this is where, this is where we're supposed to get a joint bank account, right? Like this is where mine, what's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. Yeah. And My ego, I'm just noticing like the way Mm -hmm. that my ego is reacting to that of like, but I built this, I built my business. I did this. I blah, 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 blah. It's like, we're a team. Quiet, like chatter in my brain. Ego, shut the fuck up. Like we are on a team now. This is a team (laughs) sport. We're all in this together and like Andrew's on track to maybe make more money than me soon too. So like the tables could easily turn. Yeah. And at that point, I want him to share with me too. So it's like, it's been very interesting to just like observe my own reactions to Mm -hmm. like just the different options ahead of us. And yeah. Yeah. So this conversation is so well timed. Okay. Hold on. I needed to interrupt this episode quickly because I've realized that it doesn't matter how hard you work or even how quote unquote, productive you are, how many hours you put in if you are going hard in the wrong direction, which is why it is so important to be clear and confident about your goals. And that's the exact reason why I've incorporated goal setting into all of my coaching programs, because if my clients are not clear on their goals, if they don't know where we're going and why we're going there, it doesn't matter what strategies we pull out. It doesn't matter how much planning we do. We have to get clear on what the destination is first. And so I swear by this goal setting visualization, and it is something that previously was only available to my clients. It's a visualization that I lead and I walk you through and now I've made it available for free for everyone. I swear by it. Even if you're not a visualization girly, I have just converted (laughs) so many people into loving a good visualization with this exact exercise. So I'm going to leave a link to it in the episode description, or you can head immediately to mariewold.goals. That's M A R I E W O L D.com slash goals. Again, it is totally free. It will take you 25 minutes. And I've hooked you up with a bonus workbook just to help you reflect and process and really start implementing on all the breakthroughs that you have. So enjoy. Let me know how it goes because I know it's going to be a game changer for you. And let's get back to the episode. I want to talk a little bit more about the seasons that you've been through because you've also had tough seasons of grief. You're Mm -hmm. working through things in your marriage. Like, uh, obviously, a lot of us, all of us as a collective have Gone through heavy stuff in the last two three years, mm-hmm. and something that so many entrepreneurs struggle with, especially in our space where like you and your presence is such a big part of the brand, big part of the business, is is being consistent and like showing up when life is getting hard or it, yeah. when life gets messy. So, what advice or lessons do you have around that of like that consistency or that visibility, either maintaining it or being okay letting it decrease? Like, just what has your experience mm-hmm. been there? Yeah. Obviously this is going to be, I always, when I talk about it, say like different for everyone, like disclaimer, yeah. you know, you
0: might hear what I say and go, no way I can't do that. Or, or you love it for me. Like I, when I was navigating grief, which has been like three big things in the last few years, we lost my father-in-law last year. I had a miscarriage and then the, the separation was huge. Mm-hmm. And through each of those, I was a little bit different in how I reacted. And it depended if I shared it with my audience. I will mm. say, when I share it with my audience, which usually I am under the belief of share from the wound, not the scar. Is that the phrase? Mm. Yeah. Share from the scar, not the wound. Damn it. I always mix them up. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Share from the scar, not the wound. And that's what I did with my separation. I didn't share for – we were back together for over a year before I even told told anyone. I found mm. out people suspected, And I was like, damn, I thought I did such a good job. Anyway. Yeah, I thought um, I was so clever. <laughs> I was like, I thought no one knew. i like, well, he was never around and you were in a different place. So we figured we would do it yeah. together. But what I did during that time in particular was I had to go, okay, like what fuels me every day? And for me, having a purpose helped my grief. Mm-hmm. Like I was mm-hmm. able to kind of compartmentalize and go, I'm not forcing myself to show up for my business. So it was really a mindset shift it was, thank God I have this other purpose, because if I didn't, Mm -hmm. I would just be totally sitting in the grief. And there's a difference between like having a purpose and letting it distract you to where you're not dealing with your grief. Like Mm -hmm. I was in relationship coaching and therapy, so I was dealing with it. So it wasn't an escapism, but it was so nice to like have somewhere to be and somewhere to go and people to serve and distractions, healthy distractions. So Mm -hmm. that was one side of it. And also just the practical side is I'm the full supporter of our family. I had to show up. Like Mm -hmm. I could take a break and we could rely on our savings and we're in a great position that we could do that. But I didn't want to. I was like, I those are for my future. I don't want to have to do that if I don't have to. And so that mindset flip was really, really helpful when it was something that was a little bit more like I don't think I can show up like that. I felt okay to still show up. And I didn't feel like I was lying to my audience. I was just like, they don't need to know everything. Your audience doesn't need Mm -hmm. to know everything in your life. I just want to say that out out loud. (laughs) I share a lot. You do not need to share as much as I do. And there's things I don't share, trust me. But last year, when we went through two really big things, the first one I was very honest about. And the second I basically told my audience, I had to push a launch actually two weeks. Mm. And it wasn't a big launch. It was like a, a push from like a funnel I had done. So it wasn't anything major. It ended up being a significant bump in, in income. So it ended up being pretty major, but I'm so glad I pushed it. I only pushed it two weeks. I said, I'm going to give myself this time and space to just like be. And mm-hmm. if I had made myself like show up for that launch, I don't think we would have had the sales we did because I wasn't able to show up. And the way I set that launch up It wasn't a traditional launch where tons of emails and all this pre-created stuff. It was more. It was meant to be more in the flow and in the moment. So I didn't Mm -hmm. really have anything created. It was reliant on me. Otherwise, I would have been like, "Let's just press play and go. I'm good. I don't need to be on too much." And that I'm really glad that I gave myself space. So kind of discern in in the moment. Are you in that state where like you can show up and it's going to actually help distract you in a healthy way, or do you just need to take some time and I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we think that it has to happen in a day. I'm going to give myself 24 hours or we think it's going to take longer. I thought it would Mm -hmm. take longer and it didn't. I felt fine after two weeks. I wasn't like healed, but I was like, I'm good enough to show up right now. Yeah. And again, that purpose gave me so, it like helped my healing. It helped my grief having another Mm -hmm. purpose. So that though, before I, when I pushed it, all I said to my audience was, Hey, I'm going through something really tough right now. I'm going to take a few weeks. I'll be back to everything that we're doing in a few weeks. And the only reason I even said that was because I had talked about my sale starting. If I mm-hmm. hadn't mentioned it, you don't need to give them an excuse. You don't need to announce yeah. that you're disappearing. You don't need to announce that you're back. Like, you don't need to do any of that. that. I only did it because I had announced a sale and then I was pushing it. And if anything, mm-hmm. it gave people longer to sign up. So. I could talk yeah. about this forever. I don't want to ramble too much, but I hope that answered the question.
1: No, it's, and it's so important because I think there's a lot of guilt or judgment or shame or just negative feelings around needing to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Like I had a client a couple of months ago, her father passed and she was like, oh my God, I like all of my clients are going to hate me if I don't do their check-ins or I'm going to lose like all of the leads in my pipeline if like I'm not taking sales calls. And we had to have a conversation about like your business is here for the long term. Like you are not here to be an overnight success and be in business for a year and then fall off the face of the earth. Like we're building a long term sustainable business. We're playing the long game. You taking a step back for two weeks, three weeks, even a month. Whatever you need to process and grieve and be with your family, like your business is much stronger than mm-hmm. taking two to three weeks to take a step back. And like I was just yeah. sick for I was traveling for the holidays and then I was sick. So I've been like really out of my business for like three, four weeks mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point. And like this week when we're recording, this is my first week back in like three, four weeks yeah, and everything's okay. Like there are those thoughts where my brain wants to be like, Oh my God, we have so much catching up to do. We need to blah, 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 Mm blah. Like, no, no. Like we planned this, not the being sick part, but, but the weeks before that, (laughs) like we planned this, we have built the business to Mm -hmm. run and like not rely on you showing up constantly. And I think that is a really important distinction to make is that both Mm -hmm. of us have set up businesses where it does kind of carry its own momentum and we have Mm -hmm. support and we have systems that allow us to take a step back. And that is like just another kind of reminder or like thing to add to the case for Mm -hmm. creating or remodeling businesses that are like sustainable and supportive and have kind of can, can support you versus only you supporting them. Yeah. Because if you, if you can't take a week out of your business, like that's red flag. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like knowing those few weeks, I knew my, my
0: clients were going to be fine. And, and I was honest with them. Like I felt Mm -hmm. very comfortable and they're like, if I see you in Voxer I will kill you like please do not yeah. come here you know mm-hmm. that's just also about who you attract and the boundaries you set mm-hmm. like I attract people of integrity who are humans first <laughs> not mm-hmm. like robot business owners and so they get it and I would do the same for them you know and so it was that I was great OBM and she was like I got it don't worry you go do what you got to do like I want you to enjoy it just went on Not just, I went on a 10 day European river cruise, which was the best trip of my life. And it was so great. I was the youngest by like 30 years. So that was fun too. I was like, I feel so young. (laughs) Great. They all thought I was like 25. I'm 35. So I felt (laughs) even better. And 10 days, you know, with travel and all that, it was like two weeks and it was in a very like busy time. Like October Mm -hmm. is like launch time and I had just closed up a launch. So I was like off. Mentally, yeah, and yeah. nothing was missed. The team, the team took care of the students. The students are fine. The clients are great, and I came back like ten times, like more ready to go. That's the thing mm-hmm. with rest. Like as Type A or Enneagram Threes, I think you're an Enneagram Three as well, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs are. We're so in that zone of like more, 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 and it's hard for us to realize like stepping back or rest, especially if you're grieving will help you be more productive in the long run. Like you said, if we're Mm -hmm. doing this long term, it's like that kind of like the slingshot going back
1: to move forward. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I cannot agree enough because I finished my holiday break being like, oh my God, I'm so excited to like get Mm -hmm. back to work. And then I got sick. And then (laughs) by the end of recovering from that, I was extra excited yeah, to get back like, to work. Really but ready. <laughs> yeah. I got to practice my patience and good. my presence and detaching from my timeline. So that yeah. was really fun. really fun <laughs> Inner work. Really oh fun. my
0: gosh. The timeline thing is hard. So good. Kudos to you. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. hard to do that. Yeah. You
1: know, we had plans for like, this is where we wanted to be in our sales plan by now, but like it just didn't happen. And that's Okay, I think mm-hmm. something that we've already talked about is like just going with the flow and having to roll with the punches and making the most of where you're at, whether you chose to be there or not. And that's like entrepreneurship to a T. Like, oh yeah, didn't didn't expect to have my first day of work on January 16th, but mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to. You it's can all, control it. So it's yeah. all about being adaptive. Hmm. So I wanted to close out this conversation with something that has been long-term since I've known you, something that you're known for. And just for context, in our space, there's been talk for years, like years, five years plus, there has been talk that it's saturated. I'm too mm. late. There's nothing that else new I can say. Just people having reasons to not get in the game basically. Mm -hmm. But you have two really specific things that are a big part of your philosophy and have been for a long time. And one of them is just being fully yourself as one of your biggest like marketing strategies, if you can call it that, Mm -hmm. even when that means being hashtag pretty awkward. Mm -hmm. And then also two, developing a unique coaching method so what is kind of your big picture thought on it's too saturated or it's too late for me to start or everything's already been said and then we can kind of dive more into the those the two specifics totally and this is going to be so cliche but it's like everything's already been said but it
0: hasn't been said the way you want to say it and Mm -hmm. I know people are like oh gosh that's so lame
1: but it's true
0: and it's a cliche
1: for a reason
0: exactly it's a cliche (laughs) for a reason. And when we really think about it, I don't know who I heard this from. This is like years and years ago. But they were basically like everything you hear is is regurgitated from something else in a different way. Like nothing is is new anymore. There's there no, are no
1: original thoughts anymore. Yeah. No original
0: thoughts anymore. And at first I was like, No, I can argue that I'm like, pretty much. I'm pretty on board for that statement. Um yeah. and so Honestly, to me, that's like a freeing thought because it goes, okay, if that's true, then all of these people having so much success and starting new businesses and all that, they're, they're, we're all on the same playing field in that sense. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what I realized is when I was like in the building stage back in 2017, 2018, I kind of started this in my network marketing company. We had like a team called awkwardly us. And like, it was always Mm -hmm. a theme. It was always part of, I, I tended to attract people who were, I know it was probably the theater part of me too would label themselves, I guess, as misfits, if you will, mm-hmm. it's, it's like more of that really motivated go-getter, but doesn't always look the part kind of person, mm-hmm. I guess, if you will. And luckily the, how the space has been growing, it's leaning more towards that being who you truly are and not trying to mold into this picture-perfect version of what you think. And it mm-hmm. was all born because when I got into fitness and you do a really good job of this and it's real for you, and you've tried to help me do it. <laughs> but I couldn't do the booty pose that everyone did. I was like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I can't do it. I literally can't mm-hmm. do it. And I've had friends like yourself try to physically shape me to do it. And <laughs> it was always like a joke. But then I yeah. like one day just posted a video of myself attempting to do it. And for my page at the time, it went viral. 'Cause I was making fun of it. I was like, Yeah. Power to anyone who does this who like it's part of their brand. This is so not me and this feels really fucking weird. Like yeah. I cannot yeah. do this anymore and have this. and why does that equal what if someone would sign up with me as a fitness mm-hmm. coach? Like it makes no sense. And so that was kind of the start of like, let's call out the funny things and just be ourselves. And so I started yeah. to write down common things that I had, like values that I have that I have, things that make me different, things that make me different but that other people also can identify with, so they're kind mm-hmm. of like relatable differences. And mm-hmm. I started to strategically go, how can I morph this into my content on a regular basis so that I started to become top of mind with people and how mm-hmm. can I use this like as something people start to know me for? And to this day, I Every single week, I'm not joking you. Every single week, I get people messaging me Harry Potter memes or things that they Mm -hmm. see when they're out, and that means I'm top of mind, and Mm -hmm. so many of those conversations have ended up as clients, and it's Mm -hmm. because there's a million coaches to choose from, right? We all Mm -hmm. make money. We all know business. Why are they going to choose you over someone else? It's either going to be they Mm -hmm. have a unique connection to you because of a shared experience or a shared hobby or whatever or a passion, or it's like the way you're representing your values. And so really what I've helped a lot of clients do is create what I call your unique method. And it's pretty much what's your approach to business or, or fitness or whatever your coaching is. And there's four that I've identified, but like out of those four, which is like the one that you most lean with. And then let from there, let's create what I call your signature standout. And it's pretty much like You want to break it down to content, like a content piece that people can really come to know you for. And it's Mm -hmm. woven throughout everything that you do. It depicts your offers. It depicts your, your content plan. It depicts your team hires. Like there's so much from there that dictates everything else in your business. And then it Mm -hmm. becomes truly unique. And then you, you do stand out. So there's a lot more to it. I have a whole course on this, so that's why I could talk about it forever, but I hope that makes
1: sense. No, and it's just the there's infinite depths but it really is that simple of like giving Mm -hmm. yourself permission to be fully you and distilling it down to like what does that mean and it's sounds simple but it's actually very difficult not just because you have to have the courage to be fully yourself and like be let yourself be seen that way but also there's like a lot of inner work that needs to happen to make that possible because you can't be fully yourself if you don't know yourself Mm -hmm. that was something that I really struggled with because back in the day back in the booty pose day like I was Mm -hmm. one of like my joke is like I was one of the founding fathers of fitness Instagram like back in the day and I was known as like the fitness girl the influencer the bikini competitor the like sponsored athlete influencer girl for so long Mm -hmm. that once that era ended I was like well shit like what do I offer now what what Mm -hmm. do am I standing on if not that and so there is so much identity work and like self-worth work and like imposter syndrome work Mm -hmm. and vulnerability of like being seen work that needs to happen in order for you to actually execute on exactly. something that sounds very simple.
0: And you just like, what you just said is exactly why when I first launched the course version, it was to the wrong point in the journey. Mm. It was just someone who was really starter. And I was like, they're not ready for that. They need to build yeah. a foundation. And then when they're confident and they're like, I don't care. I am who I am. Then they can, ex- like you just said, then they can execute the strategy behind it. Cause mm. it's one thing to be like, be yourself, but we have like a framework. We have a process to it. Like you how do you do that? You know, it's like, there's so much to it. And it's also just like, like you said, being, being brave enough, which is hard and it takes time to not just try to be a carbon copy of your mentor or your friends or what you see Mm -hmm. people do, especially with content. That's how you will stand out. Like some Mm -hmm. of the stuff I've done is so ridiculous and out there. Mm -hmm. And it's literally why people have hired me. Like Mm -hmm. they've told me point blank after I saw this post, Mm -hmm. after I saw this Mm -hmm. singing reel, I decided to hire you, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, you just, you have to trust that if it feels forced and it feels like I'm literally trying to be a carbon copy of this other person, even if you tweak it a little bit, it's going to feel so much better. Mm -hmm. It's a whole process though. Like you said, you really have to go through an inner journey to get there. Mm
1: -hmm. It's a whole, it's a whole journey. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said about the temptation is so real for a lot of people to just copy what other people are doing or like, oh, this is working for them. So Mm -hmm. it'll work for me. But I think we found, and I come back to this all the time, that like there's no such thing as like beating the algorithm. There is no Mm -hmm. such thing as having the perfect social media strategy. And that's coming from someone who has a social media strategy course. Like there's, of course, strategy to, Engagement and having compelling headlines and curating your feet. Like, there is strategy behind it for sure. Mm -hmm. But there is this intangible quality to content that is based on the energy and like the vibe behind it that you cannot strategize. And it comes from being genuine and saying what you mean and like being fully expressed in your content. There is no strategy that can replicate that like magnetism that Mm -hmm. that comes through in your content when you're being fully expressed. And I could say something that feels really true for me and like is fully expressing myself. And it like hits with my audience so well. And like Meg, you could literally copy and paste it and it would Mm -hmm. flop for you because your audience is different. It wouldn't be true for you. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, there. there's this intangible magic that happens. And yeah. there's there's no other way for me to describe it, but it's just like, it's it's this quality that you can't put a finger on. I kind of love how you described it. I might have to steal that for my program because
0: it really is <laughs> intangible magic. Like it is, yeah. I'll, I'll quote you, I promise. It's, it really is that, like, that's exactly what it is. It's kind of like in theater, we always say stage presence. You either have it mm-hmm. or you don't. And some Mm -hmm. people, they walk on stage and it's just like, boom, they have it. And this is Mm -hmm. something since I was a little kid, I've been told, like, you have such stage presence, like even before you Mm -hmm. open your mouth and sing, like, there's just something about how you're standing, you know, and how you're the energy you're emanating. And Mm -hmm. like you said, that it's hard to teach that. It's like really Mm -hmm. just this confidence that you're like, I don't, I don't care. I am who I am, like love it or hate it. And it's very attractive. It's very, very
1: attractive. And there is someone else out there who it wants to be a part of that community. So mm-hmm. yeah, I love this Yeah, and you fully expressing yourself gives them permission to. And it's interesting. Yeah. There are so many different reasons why we might not be like letting ourselves go all the way, like playful yeah. out. I was having a conversation with my clients, this is like a few months ago now, but she was like, Man, I'm just like out of ideas. I'm having a creative block, blah, blah, blah. She's like, what should I talk about? And she's trying to, like, strategize her way out of it. And I was like, well, what's keeping you from saying what you mean right now? Like, Mm -hmm. what's holding you back from saying what you mean? And she's like, oh, fuck. Honestly, it's knowing that my ex-boyfriend's watching. I was like, block him. Like, block him. Bye. We Uh, don't need uh, him. Like, whatever. She blocked him. Wow, magic. All of a sudden she has all these ideas, all mm-hmm. these things she wants to say, but she was holding herself small. She was filtering herself for fear of what he would think and mm-hmm. she didn't want him to be perceiving her any type of way. Yeah. And the second she blocked him, it was like the the creative floodgates open and she had so much to talk about yeah and so I think sometimes it's worth looking at like what is keeping me from saying what I want to say mm-hmm. sometimes it's other people or your your perception of that person your relationship to them sometimes it's within you but like I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are trying to fix their creative blocks with like I just need more ideas or I just need more strategies mm-hmm. when actually it's like we need to open the the, the channel yeah. <laughs> of creativity a 100% and
0: it's kind of what you said too it's like what do you stand for what do you stand against and I think it's it's easier said than done because the internet's mean and I know you've had mm-hmm. your fair share as well mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's yep wild what people will say in certain videos. I'm like, really? You found something to complain about in this one? Okay. Uh, I had a reel describing my miscarriage because it was a very unique one. And I'm so glad it went viral because I found the women who went through it. It's like one in a thousand Mm. women go through the specific pregnancy I had. It's like a very rare pregnancy. I had to like wait six months to start trying again. Anyway, it found these women, which was amazing and so inspiring. And like we all connected and had over 3 million views. And I got some some comments I'm like really you are you kidding me yeah. on a miscarriage girl? like people will be brutal and something you just and I'm not amazing at this I'm getting better at it but you have to like I don't want to say develop a thick skin but kind of because you're if you're constantly putting disclaimers out there if you're constantly kind of putting a little bit of a yeah. mask over it like you just said mm-hmm. that's why it's not standing out and I even mm. made a reel recently about like how intense And the the idea was the word intense, intense anti-hustle culture is like Mm -hmm. hurting a lot of new entrepreneurs and making them Mm -hmm. feel like everything should be easy. And I knew using that term would get a little bit, and there were actually not too many negative comments, but the few that happened, I was like, Oh no, what do I do? I have to be like, I get it. And I was like, no, 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 stop it. Like you have something to say, and you have, you know, your own beliefs to back it up, that's all you can go off of. And you're just, you're going to mm-hmm. get shit when you start to grow. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Cause your people will be there for you to support you and they'll agree mm-hmm. with you. So that's another yeah. a big learning lesson for me personally.
1: Yeah. The thing that I always say to my clients and they're like, oh, my God, any any of my clients listening to this know exactly what I'm about to say. <laughs> but I always say that if your content isn't strong enough to repel people, it's not strong enough to attract people either. Like if mm-hmm. it's not strong enough to repel the wrong people, you're not going to attract the right people either. Yeah, And so you have to be willing to take a stand, and if your goal is to magnetize people, a magnet has two polarities. Mm-hmm. A magnet pulls and it pushes, and you have to be willing to like be both. But again, yeah. there's a level of vulnerability. There's a level of like knowing that you're putting yourself out there, and you might receive pushback.
0: Yeah, and so true.
1: that's okay. Yeah, that it doesn't say anything bad about you, but yeah, it's just I think this. A lot of this episode is, like, just full permission to, like, own your shit. Yeah. It was basically this conversation. And exactly.
0: Yeah. I needed yeah. it,
1: too, honestly. Especially if, like, you want to grow on certain platforms and
0: you're, like, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Bring me all the leads. The universe will test you with one small mm-hmm. thing. And I've had that recently. And I'm, like, I asked for this. Okay. How will mm-hmm. I move forward when, like, it go- it's
1: 10 times this? So it's, mm-hmm. it's all those little tests that you're hopefully Mm -hmm. passing. And if you're not, that's okay. You'll you'll figure Mm it out. I know, I always say like universe is like, Are you sure you want it? Here's your here's your pop quiz. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure. I was like, okay, yeah, we're we got this, we got
0: this. So we're good.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we've already been talking for an hour. Oh wow. More because we didn't even look at the clock record as well. (laughs) Wait, it's been an hour? I know. I know. This has been so I fun. I know. So we'll wrap here for part one. I can already sense a part two is like imminent because we have so much to talk about always. So, for people to tie themselves over until part two, where do they find Meg? Where do they learn more about you? Where do they binge all of your things? Listen to your podcast. Tell us all the stuff.
0: Yes, please. I would love to come back for part two. This is so fun. Since you're already listening to a podcast, The Pretty Awkward Entrepreneur, if you just, ha- just search hashtag pretty awkward, entrepreneur you will find it um that is honestly my passion that is where I my best stuff is that's where in my opinion all the gold is in my world is in the pretty awkward entrepreneur podcast and we have two episodes a week one's more of like a heart-to-heart uh behind Mm -hmm. the scenes in the moment what's going on pulling back the curtain uh and then the other is like either an interview like this or uh, we're interviewing successful couples like I was saying before called couples conversations and how they balance marriage and business um, and then on Instagram, like most people, um, at Megan Yelaney, M um, E G A N Y E L A N E
1: Y. I love to hang out over there. Come say hi! And those are, yeah, the two places I probably hang out most. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Send Meg so much love, so much gratitude for this episode because I know that we covered a lot and it was super valuable for mm-hmm. any entrepreneur or people just with big goals and wanting to
0: mm-hmm.
1: pave their own way, which is everyone listening <laughs> to the show. Like we're, we're all here to, to get more out of life and get happier and healthier and wealthier. So, mm-hmm. so much value. Thank you, Meg. Yay. I'm super excited to talk again soon. Thank you. See you then. Thanks so much.